Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Hi everyone, Om Shanti. Welcome to the next normal in collaboration with America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Dr. Jenna but you can call me Sister Jenna. And we meet to explore wisdom, laughter, love, life, issues that really are important to our health and well-being, but especially our emotional well-being. For almost the last 30 years, I've been on the path of my own spiritual awakening, and I am still learning so much, and I'm so happy about that. I guess it really suits you no benefit to actually think that you are spiritual, evolved, it might close the door. But what if you just kept your door open to keep learning and to keep evolving and understanding that there are various truths out there in the world for you to understand who you really are. More than anything else, we need to figure ourselves out, inside and out. My special guest, Dr. Ivan Figueroa Otero, is a friend and is a former academic pediatric surgeon who, after retiring from an active surgical practice, decided to look forward to new challenges based on his extensive experience in Oriental Eastern philosophies and training in Chinese-style medical acupuncture. He then began a very successful integrative holistic medical practice, which led him to be recognized as Holistic Physician of the Year in 2011, a very active TV presence in the field of alternative medicine. His goal is to help patients in their search for total balance and to achieve physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. Dr. Ivan then rounded out his goals by initiating a writing career in his favorite genre, non-sectarian spirituality and self-healing, which allowed him to publish the School of Life trilogy, Spirituality 101, Spirituality 1.2, Spirituality 103, and his most newest book, Spirituality 104. Reflections in My Magical Mirror, Lessons of Love from the School of Life. All of his published books have received significant acclaim. We're so happy to be welcoming our brother on the air. Dr. Ivan, welcome. So nice to see you again. Thank you for having me here. I'm just school about this. Yeah, me too. Brings back a lot of memories. All of our times in Peace Village in New York. The times that we've been on air with America Meditating Radio. And even the wonderful time that you offered my mother when she wasn't doing so well in New York. You are truly a gift. So let's get right into it. You know, earlier on in your life, you faced a number of challenges. I mean, many of us have, I'm sure, but we all feel like our challenges are unique only to us. It's our invitation. But you doubted the meaning of life and rebelled against any God figure. What inspired you later to pursue a path of spirituality? And how were you able to overcome the life challenges that you had faced? It's a, it's a matter of balance and variance. 
at a different stage of my life when I was going through that phase, I did not understand some aspect of life itself. At that time in my youth, I thought I knew about everything there was to know. I keep telling my patients and young people, they know it all. And they make no mistakes because they don't know the consequences of their actions. So since they're not aware of what karma, what I call the love of love, I don't like the word karma too much, because it's always dharma. Karma becomes dharma when you open to the learning lesson. And at that time, I did not really understand what I was doing. That sounds like Jesus, please forgive them for they don't know what they do. And life will turn you around and push you in the right direction, like, like the good shepherd. If you have to pull your sheep back into the herd, you may have to hit it in the back with a little stick or put a dog behind the blessing behind to go back in there. So it keeps us in tune. And our experience, our capabilities, and our openness to keep learning will make me aware when the message is given to me to get back in place. In my life, it took me quite a long time. Because I was very stubborn. I thought I could handle most things by myself. You know that. <laughs> I don't think you're really that stubborn. It's that you're such a deep thinker, Dr. Ivan. It's like... You see the world from up here, and so you have permission to be stubborn, yeah? I have to admit my humanity. My humanity can have a little bit of lapse. When I become connected, I'm a different person. When I see my patients, it's, uh, none of that goes. It's a different person. I channel things. I become openness, and there's no competition. Everything I do is part of the whole. I'm trying to connect with you right now to be that way, be simple. And... Yes, I made mistakes, and those mistakes gave me the lessons I had to understand. And I did take advantage, but it was slowly. Every step was slower. I understood something new. Every part of my life has a meaning. I cannot go back and change my life. Everything in my life, every experience, good or bad, has been part of my beautiful growth process. When I remember those difficult times, I... It's a different feeling. Back in the past, I would get angry. I would have tears in my eyes. Now I get a little feeling in my heart. That's what you need it, friend. <laughs> and uh, it becomes a really joyful experience to remember those things. The only thing I hate a little bit was my teenager years. Of all the things I tell my patients, it's a difficult time. Those times are not easy. We're looking to be someone to be understood as someone, yet the system wants you to be somebody else, right? <laughs> and when you go around, you're fighting yourself because your inner guy says, this is not the path, but the system will take you in a herd-like fashion towards something. And that's when you go into a lot of difficult times. Yeah, and we all have as teenagers. It's not the most comfortable place to be because you're trying to find your identity. That's yes. when it really starts to get sparked and... Some of us get close to figuring it out at 30, at 40, at 50. Some of us at 60, and that's okay. It's our karmic contract. It's all significant if we accept the unfolding. Tell us what led to your transformation from pediatric surgery to spiritual self-help author and the holistic medical practice. At that time, I was about 60 to 61 years old. I had done everything I could in pediatric surgery. I had always retired from academic medicine at that time. Then I started a new pediatric hospital. 
became chief of surgery there. And I was looking for something to do. I don't stick around or change in the channel like my kids wanted to do. So at that time, I had time to go forward, develop more of my pediatric surgery, grow my practice, but I was not happy. I was not balanced. I was exceeding myself in eating and social and enjoying, you know, good dining and good wine. And I was really not going. I was just stepping through the moves like an automatic, but I was not happy. Thank God I have my beautiful wife, Yvette, to keep me on track and give me the hope to start waking up. And with her help, I managed to say, you know, that's really what you want right now. Everything you've done is good and it's done you good, but there's something else that your inner heart says you should look for. And then I decided, thank God, at that time, economically, I was stable. So I decided to quit my job as a pediatric surgeon, leave the hospital, and then look for something else. And what's something else? What am I going to do? But I wanted to do something with people, touch them, see them. And since I had trained in acupuncture quite well under several teachers of Chinese medicine, I thought the holistic nature of acupuncture was one, and I became a very strong Buddhist practitioner. I felt that that would be the path to go. Let me try see if I can develop a practice in holistic medicine using acupuncture. And I started. But at that time, I started like a little hobby. I knew it was going to become a massive practice. And it was just a trial to keep myself busy. And I keep telling jokes. At that time, I was still really well known in the hospital. I had patients. I didn't know. I do everything by the book. You know, this new goes there. My intuition was still growing. And then I told the hospital staff that I would give them acupuncture for free. And then my office really got full. And there's many jokes about that time when I started practicing with them. I was very successful. That allowed me to become confident and see many experiences of life-changing healing modes on patients, on nurses, and friends and physicians that I'd never seen before. There was like immediate changes in persons. And I said, what's going on? Because acupuncture is great. But then I realized there was something in my energy connection that was like amplifying the effect. You know, how could it be? I don't know so much about acupuncture. I don't know what I'm doing. I disappointed for that. But then I realized, especially in one patient that was paralyzed because of severe dermatomyositis, which is muscle dystrophy disease, he was in a wheelchair. He walked into my office. He was a former police. And he says, you know, I came here because you're the guy you're going to heal me. Wow. And I looked at him and I said, what does this mean? Is he crazy? What's he saying? Something that is an incurable disease? So he said that. And it was a marvelous experience. Because I started becoming more intuitive since that time when he said that. Then I realized, and I started talking to him, he had a problem, emotional problem with the lung. He had developed weakness in the lung. He hurt himself. He was happy go door around with his wife and his wife kicked him out of the home. And then he became very sad and very guilty. And all those things hurt his lung and the kidneys he became very fearful. And then the whole thing developed into this condition they call dermatomyositis, in atrophy of the lower legs. Well. I talked to him and I said, well, let's give it a try. And I started doing a combination of points, but they just came out which one I had to use. 
and forget about what the tennis, I just went on to start putting some points. At that time, I used some points that called diamine. Diamine opens up the channels of the midpoint and opens up the above with the above. I say you have to balance them like virtually above with the love. So this guy needed a balancing. So I used those points and I put him in there. And I had my assistant look at me. And when I put those points on his legs, which are atrophic, started shaking and vibrating like the convulsion. And I started sweating. And I got so scared, my ego went downhill. I said, what's going on? There's something wrong. This guy, I don't know what to do. I just breathed down. I said, easy, let it go. And suddenly they were coming down. Then I realized when I talked to my teachers that I was energy flowing into obstructed channels. When energy is going through obstructed channels, you get vibrations, shaking, and convulsions. You're trying to make your way through an obstructed river flow. So that's what happened there. And then I started working with the emotions. I talked to him on them. And four weeks later, this atrophic guy was playing basketball. Wow. And he talked to me. I kept on for about a year or two. Then he started staying patient with similar conditions. But because this guy healed, went back to his wife. I talked him out. Then he went back to work in the office as a policeman. But he could walk. That's a uh, big story, Dr. Ivan. Yeah. You know, when I look at your journey, I like the fact that you are slightly unconventional in your medical practice because there are times that you go by the book, but the energy of karma that we're carrying as souls doesn't necessarily sort of make it very clear why certain illnesses That's or right. certain that physical right. conditions exist. In my last book, Healing the Cancer in Our Genes, I go deeply into that. Yes. The problem is the karmic process guides the healing process. That's why we have to have all sorts of medical types. All those healing medicines have to be part of the process, and they fit into the right role. I realize that what I'm doing is attracting certain people. When they see me on TV, they come to me that they're karmically mature. So for me, it's a facilitative thing. They come in, they're open. I can read them very easily. I get it. I think that we're in such a powerful time that we now are opened to those ideas. I mean, you have a very successful holistic practice now in Puerto Rico and you're helping your patients to heal. But what I love about your work is that you're incorporating meditation. And so you also incorporate meditation techniques into your holistic practice. So what would you say is the role of meditation in preventive and therapeutic medicine? I think it's the most important part of the healing aspect. This is the reconnection with your inner self. When you reconnect with your inner self, you reconnect with everybody else. Very important. When you open to yourself and you open up that beautiful, immense, sometimes I call the magical mirror that reflects outside, then you connect with everybody else's magical mirror or mind at the same time. And then everything flows better. You understand yourself. You see the good and the bad and the ugly. And my teacher told me, everything is good, everything is right, nothing is out of place. Look at the creation of the universe as an illusion in the hands of a great magician. When you go see that illusion and you enjoy it, you enjoy it, you pass it. If you don't like it, just observe it. But it's an illusion. The one thing he told me, never believe that it's real. That way you can flow through the universe, enjoy it, Share the good, 
and share the suffering with people, but you don't get attached. So then you don't judge the suffering. You don't judge the good, bad karma. You don't judge the good dharma. It's there because it has to be. That's the school of life. When we learn from our faith, we become wiser beings. And we're connected with that ampleness or whatever you want to call that divinity or love or whatever religion calls it. We believe all religions are connected to the same source. And with that source, apparently grows within our consciousness when we learn from our lesson. It seems to grow, but it's not growing. It seems to be evolved, but it's not evolving. We're discovering. But what we do is discover the beautiful nature of the diamonds we all have hidden in us. That's one of my places. Your soon to be released book titled Spirituality 104. You've been talking about magical mirrors and the lessons from the school of life. This arises because in my TV program, which I usually record once a week, it's called the Spanish Agujas que tenes salud mirrors that track health. I always have to start a program with a phrase from my book. So I would pick a phrase from my book and discuss it, and then people would love it. Oh, that's beautiful. We want those phrases. Why do you make a book of it? Well, the universe is telling me another book. So I piled a bunch of phrases, hundreds of phrases in my book. Then I picked 52, so you could have one per week, so you could study it. If you want to do it that way, you can read more at the same time. And then I use these phrases, and then I discuss them in detail, what the meaning was within the book. And that becomes beautiful, because it's like a review book for those who have read my previous book, and it's an incentive for those who have not read it to go back and read and it's pretty interesting because we discuss it very simply what that means I have so many phrases each has its own little because that's when the spirit looks at the universe when the being looks at the universe through the eyes of the spirit all they see is love that's one of the phrases all you can see is love but you have to look through the eyes of the spirit and that means meditation you were asking me when you meditate you tune in to that vibrational source, which is invisible. We don't see it. It's all around us. So we turn into that. By the way, all my patients come out with a meditation. I give them assignment. The school of life in my office says, okay, I give a big book. Say, this is your assignment. One, number three, number five. And the next time you come, I'm going to check up on that. I do that. And I say, oh, this is a school of life. The meditation is one of the most important things that I've been able to do because I use for Christians the concept of meditation with heart-based meditation techniques, but I use the figure of Jesus. But they're very comfortable. Of course. Yeah, yeah it's language. a matter of, of doing it their way. How does Spirituality 104 differ from your previous trilogy of books? It's because of the quotes that are included in it more? Yes, because it's not really a book with continuity. You can read it, start from the beginning, pick a phrase. Your own intuition will go to the first phrase and then you pick one. Of them. You know, I like that because we'll start with that one. And I think that way intuition and karma will guide you to the mind you need. That's the way I feel. And then it's written very simple language. It sounds Christian because I want to speak to Christians. You understand? Sometimes it, being a Buddhist practitioner, uh, we tend to tendency to speak in Buddhist terms to Christians, and they get fearful about it. And so I love the Buddha, and I love my teacher, and I love Jesus. And I tell my patients that I learned to read the Bible a new way when I practice Buddhism. Buddhism awoke in my heart the concept of compassion and forgiveness that I could not do by myself when I read the Bible. 
And then when I go back to the Bible, everything is there. It's like the Buddha said the same thing in a different language. Father, it's just that the Buddha came before Christ, remember. And before years. Buddha was Abraham, and before Abraham yeah. was the deities. <laughs> yeah. So Spirituality yeah. 104, as you're saying, Dr. Ivan, is very relatable to life lessons. It, like it gives it, folks a chance to learn a lot. What are some life lessons that you've learned, one in particular? I think what I've learned is to never assume that you've reached the goal of spirituality. Never do that. That's a mistake. It's a never-ending story. And when you think we're done, there'll be a challenge to prove yourself. I've been challenged for the last two or three years, very severely. And then you have to realize that it never stops. You have to keep going by opening up instead of closing yourself. I'm done. So when you meditate, you meditate to keep growing and knowing those more new aspects of the beauty of the deity and that universal wisdom, whatever we want to call it, God, Allah, whatever. The universal wisdom is immense. You can only taste it, a little bit, enjoy it, and then you feel, oh, you're in a trip. You don't need the medication. You don't need the drug. When you taste this, peace, joyful. I've been through those trips. I was talking to a guy who had ayahuasca once in South America. I was going to Machu Picchu and he told me that. And then I started to describe what I had. I said, oh, that's a trip of ayahuasca. No, no, no. That was a trip in my heart. I just opened up and I had it. And I had beautiful experiences that you go into. And they're simple. But they really teach you so much. And they last you forever. When you connect to a source, when you have a beautiful divine experience that you have like that, you never forget that. When in my hard times I feel sad, I just go my eyes, go back to that moment where I had a sense of my teacher, I was back to a patient, that healing patient, when I had a sense of my own wife, things when we met. And then you go to a little moment and like fill your heart. And then everything falls into a pattern. Like I said before, there's nothing wrong. And there's nothing perfect. There just is. So I learned to be more patient. I learned not to be self-centered. But from one of the things I'm picking up about you in life right now, you're very grateful. And many people talk about the importance of gratitude. Could you share a little bit about what you're grateful for? I'm grateful for that divine intelligence manifesting itself in people like you. And people like my teacher, and people like my family, all my family members to recognize that beginning, that every one of my family members have manifested in me. My friends, the good and the bad, these things fulfill me, and they help me go forward. All the little steps on the Israel life are important. Mom, my strongly directed mom, my father, all these people I am so happy about. Having met them, I fall into my karmic space and I enjoy it now. And I review my movie. I don't see it like a bad story. I see it like I tell you, I'm joyful and grateful, especially when I meet people like you who share my views and tell me, guide me a little bit more because you have read many times and you show me the way and give me some light into my own process. You're very intuitive, I know that. And then my own teacher in Tibetan Buddhism, which I have to be joyful, when he looked at me for the first time, I saw a human being that could love me 
completely equally with our judgment with advice. In that experience, I can never describe it. It's to be completely radiant. I am perfect. I am radiant. I'm the way I should be. And he looks at you, and he's a tiny smile, like a little kid, and he smiles at you, and that's all right. He needs to be happy. Then I found my own path. It's like he shines, I shine, we shine. Isn't it amazing how it's the little things that we are really grateful for? I mean, a smile, a moment in time, a memory. And I wish we could do that a little bit more. I've loved our time together. And before I go, when will your new book be released? And is there a place that we can go to purchase it? It will be released at the 32th October the 1st. And it will be out in most of the links. Amazon, the company who publishes is Mascot Books which is a very good company. They adopted me. That's why it's called Mascot Books. <laughs> I make a joke once in a while. <laughs> I'm a little stray. No, you are absolutely me, right? perfect, man. Leave us for the website now. Folks can well, know more about you. Yeah, And that's you find everything about me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Beautiful. Dr. Ivan, thank you so much. You're such a delight. It really is always nice to see your beautiful face, your radiant, and admire you, the way you run around. You, I don't know how you do all the other Thank you, sister. Thank you so much. Thank you. Om Shanti. Om Shanti. Well, everyone, we've gotten some really nice tools from Dr. Ivan, and I really highly recommend that you go search him out and get a copy of his book as well. This is a really well-meaningful physician. And with physicians being so much under duress right now, they might be looking for shortcuts, but not for Dr. Ivan. He's looking for the complete holistic approach towards our health and well-being, inside and out. for what they want, what they need, and they deserve. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right, so remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and I suspect We really are here to love each other the same, just a little bit more. So take care of yourself and be well. Om Shanti. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.